Hey baddies, I have to tell you, I am absolutely sleep deprived and loony this week. Like loony, lunatic, balloon, balloon, <laughs> the moon has totally affected me. My sleep cycle is non-existent. It's just a wake cycle at this point. So if the podcast is a little more kooky than normal, if it's a little more rambly than normal, it's the moon. It's not me. You know, it's so easy when a full moon kicks in or like any cycle, really. I, I, I'm just like, something's wrong. Something's up. It's the moon. I'm just, it's the moon. It's What else could it be? The moon is in control. I'm just chilling and not getting any sleep. And so, oh, hi. Welcome to Bad Witch Podcast, the podcast where we are going to get our witch shit together one stall at a time. Already off to a great start. <laughs> no, hello. Hello to all of my baddies out there. Welcome if it's your very first time here. Welcome back if you are a returning listener. How has the full moon been for all of you? I don't know if it's because the moon is in Pisces and I'm a Pisces or because it was so close to the autumnal equinox or that it was a harvest moon. I don't know, but it has just sucked everything out of me. You know? <laughs> Have you ever seen Jennifer's body? Which can I just say, I'm not a really big Diablo Cody fan. Like Juno, we can have a discussion about it. I can take it or leave it. I could, I'm going to leave it. Is that, I'm going to leave it honestly. But if you've ever seen Jennifer's body, which I think is a great movie. I think it's a very feminist movie. Um, Megan Fox is very much underrated. She could have been a star, but you know, the Hollywood patriarchal system took her down because she said some things about Michael Bay, which were warranted if you ask me. But anyway, you know the scene in Jennifer's body? If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's a good... I... Well, hmm. I would say I would consider her a witch, but I mean, technically, it's like she gets possessed more so. So I don't want to put that on us. But anyway, so in the movie, you know, she kills boys and takes their blood and life essence, and then she looks really great. <laughs> she looks... Skin is plump. Eyes are big and blue and bright. Lips are full. Hair is shining. Like, it's what we're all aspiring to be, right? But when she doesn't feed, she gets pale and pallid and her hair gets greasy and stringy and her eyes are dull and her sink, her, her sinks are chunking in. Her cheeks are sunken in. And that's me. I look like Megan Fox in Jennifer's body when she hasn't fed on a teenage boy in a while. So <laughs> I don't know what that means for me personally. But I, I don't know what kind of remedy that that is suggesting to me, but I'm just going to skip past it. And actually, um, you know, deal with this in a very witchy way, which is I have made a sleep sachet, me and that word, for myself. And I wanted to share it with all of you. If you too have just had the moon absolutely rob you of sleep in this like full moon cycle that we've been in. And before we even get started, I know there's going to be some of you that are like, no, Mickey, I've been so energized. Like I wrote a book. I ran a marathon. Okay. I'm jealous. <laughs> I can't say anything else. I'm happy for you. I'm jealous. It just has a different effect on all of us. And I guess, especially, I kind of saw it coming because coming off of the new moon, you know, I was like, everything's great. I'm killing it. I'm making moves. Like things are coming to fruition. So of course there had to be a little bit of a, a regrouping and a quieter period to calm things down and kind of relax into all the crazy things that have been happening lately. But you know, it's easier to relax into things when you've slept, which is why I need to talk about the sleep sachet that I made. And it started because I went to the store thinking, okay, it's tea time. I have to get something that's going to help me because I'm on day four or five now of just not sleeping at all. 
And I was like, lavender and chamomile tea, bam, bing, boom, let's do this. I grabbed it. I brought it home. I'm brewing it. And then I was like, what am I, what am I doing? I'm a witch. Like, just don't drink it. Don't just drink it, but like make it <laughs> for your sachet to tangibly put under your pillow. So sachets, um, we talked about them a little bit in the witches and herb episode. We may have also talked about them in the... It's Ritual Babe episode, which is way, way at the beginning if you want to go back and listen to that one as well. But it's basically just a Litzhole cloth pouch that always smells amazing. I mean, depending on what you put in it, but usually we're working with stuff that smells really good, right? And um, you put it down into the pouch, whatever you need. So if you're working on stuff for protection, you focus on herbs for that and crystals for that. Uh, if you're working on something for health, for money, for love, it's just things that you want to draw to you, you want to surround yourself with you want to make sure aren't enacted in your life right so for me I made one for sleep and focus specifically on bringing my stress down um, reducing nightmares reducing night terrors because especially during the full moon you know the saying like the creeps come out at night <laughs> what's it what does uh the word Bert say in hocus pocus about how all the, the creeps come out because of the full moon. Yeah, like all the creeps come out. And that's like creeps we can physically see and creeps that are like creeping around us. You know what I mean? So I got stuff to kind of ward off that kind of stuff. So protect me. Go to sleep. Get actual sleep. Have good dreams. Ward off negative dreams. Keep my body and my mind and my spiritual being protected while I'm asleep. Because, you know, when you're asleep, you're your most vulnerable. And uh, to just bring me to a place of true relaxation because I feel like that has been what's eluding me because the energy for me for this full moon has been so, I don't know. It's, it hasn't been chaotic, but it has been restless. It's been very restless for me. Oh, and let me totally cop to the fact that I have been a very bad witch lately as is my way. And I have been forgetting to put my black tourmaline on before I go to sleep. So then I have nightmares and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, that was scary. Um, oh, well, <laughs> if only there was something I could do to prevent this. Oh, wait, I have everything at my disposal. Half of it's literally on my altar. Half of it's literally in my kitchen. But let's, let's just not because, you know, that's what the bad witches do. <laughs> so don't be like me. If you actually do make the sachet that I'm going to talk about, then put it into practice. Put it under your pillow. Keep it next to your bedside. Um, it definitely does because it's for sleep. It definitely does need to be somewhere in the vicinity of where you sleep. Like for me, my altar is not that far from my bed, but I still feel like I need to have it right next to me. Not only does it, the scent like physically calm me down as calm as I can get, but it also really, I, I don't know. I can, I can feel the energy that I have put into it while making it charging it back towards me, if that makes sense. It's just something, it's something that very much has its own vibration. So here is what I put into mine. Um, I'm going to be totally honest. <laughs> I do, I do have lavender flowers on hand always, but I don't always have uh, chamomile flowers. So what I did was cut open one of the tea bags and I used that for my sachet. <laughs> Listen, you got to do it how you can do it, right? So I cut my tea bag open. I put that in the sachet. It smells really great. So it was lavender and chamomile in that. And then I also have my own lavender flowers that I always have on hand. So here is why lavender is so great. Uh, did I say so grape? Oh my goodness. Maybe it's because lavender is like grape colored. 
I don't know what's going on with my brain. It's this full moon, I'm telling you. So lavender is really wonderful because it does help us to relax. It brings down our level of stress. It's something that actually whenever, you know, I talk about the massages I have to go get because my body is toe up from the flow up from those car accidents I was in. Um, I always have her use lavender because it is something that very much has a magical property, but also has a physical beneficial property and that it literally does calm down our body. It literally, it literally does reduce our stress level. So that's why I always have lavender on hand, you know, throw some flowers in the bathtub, just sprinkle it on myself. Sometimes I'm just on the verge of chewing it, like whatever I need to do to get my dose of lavender and try to bring myself back down to earth. It's very, very good for that. And then chamomile is really good for relaxing as well. It brings down the stress level just like lavender, but it also encourages pleasant dreams. So I got lavender step one just to get me to a place where I can close my eyes, turn my brain off, slow my heart rate a little bit, not think about the things I have to do today, tomorrow, you know, what episode I want to record in six months, wherever my brain has decided to go for that night. And I can just get myself to a place of quiet. And then I get the chamomile in there to once the quiet's there and the sleep is creeping and I am much more likely to have a pleasant dream as opposed to an unpleasant dream. Because I've told y'all before, especially in the dreams episode, even when I sleep, I don't get restful sleep. So <laughs> I feel like that's something that's really common for us, which is it's really, it can be very difficult to turn it off. And I don't mean turn off our powers or turn off ourselves as witches, right? Because it's a state that we're always in. It's just who we are as people or as, as magical creatures. But it can be, it can be hard to put the boundary up to say, okay, that is enough. I need my rest. You know, it can be very hard. Like I know that I'm going to sleep. I know what my aim is, but if any premonitions want to come through, if any, um, spirits are trying to talk to me, if any intuitions are trying to kick in, it's just, if, if any past lives are flaring up in that period, it's just not a restful time for me. It's like almost more active. Honestly, I would say nighttime is definitely more active overall for everything for me. I even find that when I read my cards, I'm much more um, connected and much more skilled at doing it. And so I don't schedule my readings for the morning. I always do them after sundown because it just vibes a lot better. Um, I'm, I'm definitely a night owl. I'm very nocturnal person. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's not just that I ramp it up or amp it up, I guess would be the right word, at night, but everything around me amps up at night as well. So no, sleep is not rest time for me. It's time for everything to be like, all right, let's get this witchcraft going. <laughs> she's, she's at her peak. Let's do it. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I never have restful sleep when I do manage to sleep. And so the chamomile is there to hopefully induce and bring about some really pleasant dreams, something that I want to close my eyes and it will bring me into a really wonderful warm space. And that when I wake up, I feel refreshed as opposed to waking up and being like, wait, what did, okay, there were like numbers I need to write down and there was a place I went to. And what was, what did that thing say to me? Just like, can a girl get, can I take a five? <laughs> just, can I just take a, a tight five or 10? Can I get one eight hour period where being a witch does not happen? And I can just, you know, sleep like a bear in hibernation. That's my number one goal. I'm pretty sure I learned about bears hibernating when I was seven and it has stuck with me <laughs> my entire life. Like the pure 
seething jealousy that I feel that these bears get to have these lush, beautiful, natural fur coats that come in that they get to just go out and eat everything they want because they got a store for winter and then they just get to go to sleep for months. Are you kidding me? Like, listen, I know humans, we go through a lot anyway, but the missing out on hibernation thing, we really, really got the short end of the stick on that. And as of like even being a sleep deprived child, learning that in school, I was like, it, it could just, it could all be so simple if only, but no, I have to come up with sleep sachets to try to get even one night of sleep. So I have my chamomile to try to encourage pleasant dreams. And then I have anise stars that actively combat negative dreams and nightmares. You can also use rosemary um, to ward off negative dreams. I don't know why I keep saying negative dreams instead of nightmares, <laughs> but nightmares, night terrors, all that, you know, stuff that's really fun to laugh about. Uh, rosemary works really well for that. I went with star anise, even though I, I have both in my house right now, because it really just put me in a fall mood. I don't know. It's, it, I have a very, uh, connection to like apple cider with little stars floating in it. So that's what I went with. But if you are no fan of that smell, I know some people can be really put off by the smell of like that licorice anise smell, then no worries. You can absolutely use rosemary and rosemary and, uh, lavender smell phenomenal together. Um, what else did I put in it? Oh, and then I just added a stick of cinnamon because I think I say every week now, I think I talk about cinnamon more than I talk about the craft, but uh, cinnamon is good for protection. And because it's something that I associate with travel, stick with me here, because it's something that I associate with travel, I always carry it with me when I fly. I also associate it with astral projection that kind of traveling, even though it's something that I talked about, I never intend to do. It is something that happens from time to time. So my thinking is if I do it accidentally, then at least I have my cinnamon on hand to protect me in my traveling as much as possible. That could just be a Mickey thing. <laughs> you know, no need to add it in. It's not for you. But that's just kind of my, you know, I'm making the sachet to like be prepared for any situation that can come up when you're sleeping. Isn't that crazy? I have to be prepared for actual projection, any kind of visitation, um, any night terrors, any nightmares, any premonitions, precognitions, any of that stuff. When you're a witch, you always have to be prepared. So I add cinnamon to mine. I actually have heard before that you can add um, rose petals and it will bring you like sweet dreams. <laughs> you know, like what we call a sweet dream. So I don't know if that's necessary. I haven't tried it before. But I don't know if that's necessarily like you'll dream of your your lover or dream something that's romantic or maybe it's something that will bring you dreams of like the person that you are going to eventually be with or if it just gives you kind of a a beautiful harmonious kind of sweetness it's you know it's like the idea of, of love romance and also like aesthetic romance where it's just something that you like to be surrounded by that you like to be treated well that you like to indulge in self-care things that make you feel good so I'm not 100% sure but I have heard that it produces very sweet dreams if that's something you want to add in also speaking of love if you want to go a little bit deeper <laughs> you can use jasmine flowers and um jasmine flowers actually encourage erotic dreams if you will so <laughs> you want to keep it gpg even a little bit of a pg-13 you go with the uh, rose petals and if you want to go full out uh What's the, what's that rating? R N C 17 <laughs> and above. <laughs> then you go with the jasmine flowers. 
and it's supposed to um, help you have like especially erotic dreams and they it's something that works especially uh, supposedly for women so you do that report back to me <laughs> I'd love to know how it goes I actually really do want to try the um rose petal uh uh sachet soon actually I want to just bring more rose petals into my practice because I when I was doing my moon meditation um I haven't meditated just secret between us. I have been really bad about it lately. I have to just get back into it. But when I was doing my moon uh, manifestation, like at the height of the full moon, and I had my moon water and everything, and I was kind of uh, consecrating myself and my cards and my crystals and putting forth everything I wanted, I did, you know, take a sector of it. I, I, for two years, five, no, my whole life, for my whole life, I've been very career focused. And if I had happened to fall in love along the way, then great, I went along with it. But my career has always been my first love. Um, but now I'm like, you know, it's okay to have a career that's going well and to be happy and fulfilled in that. And it's okay to also make time to have a love life and to be social and to be appreciated in that way and to make a connection with someone. <laughs> so um, I think I've spent so much of my practice being focused on, okay, I need my citrine and... I need my um, my moonstone, I need my chrysocolla, and I need my jade and my peridot, and all of these things that are really focused about the career I was building for myself, and never paid attention to rose quartz, <laughs> never paid attention to rose petals, um, any of our beautiful pink stones, our pink tourmaline, pink moonstone, anything like that. I just, it was just something that like, when it happened, it happens, but it was never something I was seeking out. And so now I am trying to make the conscious decision and be like, hey, it's okay to seek out this part as well. So I'm going to try the rose petal sachet. I'm going to start putting it into my meditative baths. I'm going to start making it more of my practice. I'm going to put it into my candles that I pour for myself and uh, put it in my, my sage bundles or my, my smudge bund bundles rather and, you know, embrace that a little bit. I just made that decision live, but I am going to do it because I would like to, I'm going to start with the sachet. I'm going to get some rose uh, some dried rose petals or rosebuds first and go with that. But if you have done it or you are going to do it before I get a chance to report back and let me know what kind of dreams you come up with. Oh, speaking of, um, as I announced in the Facebook group, Phil Skarsgård and I are no longer, um, he had a baby unbeknownst to me in the world <laughs> almost a year ago. So since this podcast started, he had a child this whole time. And so um, our love has been a lie this entire podcast, but it's okay because I have been released from that um, fake relationship I made up in my head and now I can move on to something else and I'm ready because I got, I'm going to get my rose petals, my rose buds, my rose quartz, and I'm going to be good to go. I just, you know, I can't believe I'm down two Swedish boyfriends in one year, but here we are. <laughs> but I still love Sweden very, very much. I know that there are people in Sweden that listen to this podcast. I love Sweden. Stockholm is one of my favorite cities in the world. I will be back to visit many, many times. Um, I'm just not going to probably date any more Swedes for the time being, whether in real life or imaginarily. Is imaginarily a word? I don't think so. Okay. So anyway, those are some of the herbs that you can put into your sleep sachet. And um, again, it's about protection, encouraging uh, good dreams and warding off nightmares and just keeping us overall safe and stress-free and relaxed. So perhaps just one night, if if only one night we can get some good sleep. I think I already said I'm going to put my black tourmaline some my sachet that I have. <laughs> I'm supposed to be sleeping with every night, but have been neglecting to do so. 
But other good crystals you can use are um, amethyst. Amethyst kind of has the same properties of lavender that it will bring, uh, I keep wanting to say it'll bring stress. No, it'll bring relaxation. It will bring stress relief, not stress. You know, God is forbid there's any stone out there that causes stress. Let's make sure we get it the hell away from us. But amethyst is great to use because it is about relaxing. It's a very healing stone. And it also, kind of in the same way when we're using the egg for the egg cleansing ritual, it kind of can suck up bad energy and negativity. It can repel it away from you. It will do a lot of the heavy lifting. It can just, you know, absorb the things that we don't want affecting us in our sleep. And this is also something I, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned in a few episodes, but it never hurts to bring it up again. Um, also casting yourself in a purple light, casting yourself, your household, your entire house itself. I even do it on airplanes. I cast that airplane in a purple light to protect it. Uh, it's just an added layer of kind of an impenetrable force field to keep the nasties out and keep the goodness in. And to, if you are like me and you're an accidental astral projector, <laughs> if you don't mean to be a hedge witch, but you're out there hedging sometimes, you're just riding the hedge for no good reason, <laughs> especially when the, the veil thins on Samhain or something. Uh, yeah, because that's, gosh, I'm gearing up. I, I just know what's going to happen that night. But I put that purple light around myself as an added barrier to keep myself where I'm supposed to be, but also to keep anything away from me that I don't want to allow in in any capacity. So it is that that color purple, the lavender, the amethyst, the purple light, all of those things. Think about that when you're trying to think of like what you want to include in your bedtime ritual and what you want to put in your sleep sachet. If again, you're having sleep problems, if you're not, you know, just skip ahead. <laughs> Some of you are out there sleeping like a hibernating bear. I can't stand it. Okay, so other good ones are our selenite, because as we know, selenite is the wonder crystal. There's, It's just something amazing to have on hand. It's super healing. It helps to fight insomnia. Um, again, it's something that keeps your body really protected. It puts another kind of force field around you to so keep the nasties out, keep the goodness in. Um, and, you know, it's really good, again, at like repelling and removing negative energy. Angel Light's really great. We just talked about Angel Light a few weeks ago. I hope you all picked up a little piece of that because ooh, I love that stone so much. It's so pretty. And like we talked about, uh, was it in the chakra episode? I, gosh, I can't remember. Um, but it's one that is going to open up and kind of focus and bring clarity and clean out the crown chakra and the third eye chakra. So it's not just chaos and everything you've taken in over the day and everything that you've physically seen, but also that your third eye has been absorbing all the time and your mind and your subconscious mind. Um, my, my example for this is, uh, you know, when we were just talking about scary stories you read in the dark and how it's becoming a movie and it's coming out soon. And at 32 years old, I read Harold, the Harold, I can't remember if that's what the story is called. I think it's the scarecrow, you know, I read that when I was nine. 1911. And to this day, if I am asleep or if I'm in my room at night and I have the lights off and I think about Harold, I have to get up and turn the lights on because it scares me so much to this day. Something about an animated scarecrow, like I'm not with that. No, thank you. Um, so if I am doing that where I think about it and I scare myself as a grown adult woman, I can get my angel light out. I can put it into my sachet, I can sleep on top of it, and it will cleanse that imaging out of my mind, and then I won't have nightmares about it. Gosh, don't. Oh, Harold. All right, we already talked about black tourmaline a lot, but it's another one that protects you, it keeps the bad out, 
it keeps it away from you. I mean, Black Hermione Line is really, <laughs> is really about that life. It's not going to let anything come near you that you don't want near you. It will absolutely ground you and absolutely repel stuff away from you. Um, are there any other ones? Oh, and then Rose Quartz. Again, to put in with the Rose Petals, Rose Quartz. It's just there to encourage sweet dreams again and, you know, kind of a loving feeling, a safe feeling, a warm feeling, a comfortable feeling when you're going to sleep and just radiate that loving energy and making you feel like it's okay to close your eyes. It's okay to trust that you're going to have sweet dreams that night. And also uh, Moonstone is good to put into a sleep sachet because, you know, it's aligned with the moon. <laughs> so if nothing else. Let's make that connection. It will encourage... Um, it will encourage good dreams. It will it will try and help with, that's what I was trying to say, hi. It will try and help with, um, with fighting insomnia. And this one I would recommend, especially for someone that's traveling again, like whether it's by car or if you're on the airplane. I mean, I know probably how comfortable can it be with those paper thin pillows to put a sachet behind your head. You're going to be like the princess in the pea. You're going to absolutely feel it immediately. But, you know, the Moonstone is very protective of travelers that, you know, would travel by the moon's light. And that's kind of the story behind, um, like, the, the milky white kind of opaque variety of it. And so, and that's the thing. You can take your sleep sachet anywhere. If you're staying at your partner's house, if you're at your house by yourself, if you're on the airplane, if you're sleeping in the car, if you're on the train, if you're, I don't know, where do people sleep? Tents, uh, camper vans, wherever you are, you can absolutely bring it with you. You can have one for each space. But yeah, Moonstone would be something I would particularly particularly put into a travel one that I would bring because it is that, that safe guided travel that the moonlight gave to all of us. And it is aligned with our mother moon and she wants us to have, you know, safe and beautiful and, and blissful sleep, even though she robs us of it when she gets full. But that's okay. It's okay. If she didn't, if she wasn't so powerful, then we wouldn't be up anyway. And so we have to love and respect the moon's power regardless. Okay. I did not think that was going to take 25 minutes. <laughs> we were talking about sleep sachets for 10 minutes and we're going to rock and roll. But you know, here we are always. So let's do our Patreon shout outs. And then we are going to keep our goddess energy going from last week because, oh, it was just brimming over. I, I loved that episode. It was so much fun to record. I mean, there, trust me, I have a good time all the time. <laughs> There's all these episodes are so fun to record, but just getting that, that insane moon energy going and that goddess energy and just feeling Friday the 13th. That's probably why I'm so damn tired. It was that double whammy of all that stuff going on, <laughs> but we got to keep our goddess energy going. And so this week we're going to start our uh, introduction to our goddesses and we're going to get to know all of them. Well, whew, let me not say all of them because that would be a year of podcast episodes in itself, but we're going to get to know a lot of them much better starting now. Okay. So Patreon shout outs. Oh wait, speaking of Patreon, because this question has been coming up a lot. If you are a Patreon baddie, and you are ready for your yes, no reading, or you're ready for your three card reading. Um, you don't have to message me on Patreon. Uh, just email me at the at gmail.com or you can DM me on Facebook. I'm, uh, I'm trying to think if you, I, ugh. okay. So I don't know what my privacy settings are. I think you may not be able to message me, but you actually may be able to, but if you're in the Facebook group and you see, I'll check on that. But if you're in the Facebook group, you obviously see me comment. So you can click on my profile there and you should be able to message me, whatever your question is. So for your yes, no question, uh, just message me your question and I will send your answer back to you or send your card back to you rather as if you're asking a question. You're just like, oh, what's Nikki's opinion on this? Like, no, you want to talk to the angels. Um, and if you have a three card reading, then uh, 
we don't have to do them together. We can absolutely do them at the same time. It's kind of preferred so we can, you know, feed off of each other's energy. But I know y'all are all busy and have full-time jobs and lives and careers and babies and pet babies and everything. So if you want to, you can just send me the topic that you're curious about and give me as much detail or as little as you want, totally what you're comfortable with. And I will send you your full reading back to you. Or we can uh, pick a time to do it together. Either way works for me. You know, all I do is just this podcast because <laughs> this is my number one priority in life. So, um, yeah, just uh, send me an email whenever you're ready with your question or get me on Facebook. If you follow me on Twitter or Instagram for some reason, then you can totally send it there. As long as I can, I'm able to take a picture and show you your card, I can use that platform. Oh, also, if you have followed me on Instagram, um, Twitter, I'm pretty good at catching people. But if you follow me on Instagram, just because, you know, that's like my day job. And so a lot of people come in and out of there and follow and unfollow and all that stuff. Uh, just send me a DM or like drop me a comment so I know to follow you back because I don't want to be one of those people that's like gross and doesn't follow people back. I, you know, I hate that. So um, if I haven't followed you back, I'm not ignoring you. It's just that a lot of people come in and out because, you know, <laughs> you know, Instagram, <laughs> you know, that old hellscape. So yeah, just send me a DM or something so I know to follow you back so I'm not being like a gross, uh, horrible person. <laughs> All right. So on to our Patreon shout outs. A very extra special thank you this week to Crystal, Shannon, Maya, Aurora, Celine, Kristen, Adam, Bren, Kara, Becca, Alicia, Nolling, Heidi, Mackenzie, Stephanie, Lena, Vanessa, Ashley, Sasha, Brandy, Tiani, Brett, Elizabeth, <laughs> I can't get past Brett, Elizabeth, Courtney, Adele, Aaron, Carla, Amanda, and Lauren. Thank you so, so, so much for being on Patreon and for supporting the podcast just a little bit extra each month. It means so much to me. You're just the best and you're all the best and I'm glad you're all here. Okay, so, oh wait, I need to thank everyone that ordered merch last week or like in the last few weeks or, you know, since there's been a merch store. Thank you so much. The 100% That Witch shirt. I mean, I thought it would do like, you know, a few people would get it. So many people ordered it. So many people ordered the collegiate, like sun sign sweaters, not sweaters. What are they called? Sweatshirts, not sweatshirts. Not like a sweatshirt, but not a hoodie. Uh, I don't know what that's called. <laughs> I'm the best fashion blogger ever. Can't you tell? I don't know what that's called. Um, but so many people order them. And I just think that's the coolest thing ever because I have no aptitude for um, any kind of graphic design or art or drawing or I can barely work a computer. <laughs> like, the fact that this podcast comes out every week is a miracle. But uh, yeah, thank you so much that I didn't just learn Illustrator in vain. And so many of you were into them. That makes me feel really proud that people actually like the designs that I um, kind of figured out how to make <laughs> through sheer stubbornness, <laughs> through sheer Piscean stubbornness did those all come out. So thank you so much. I actually just ordered the Bad Witch hoodie because I was freezing to death in my house last night. And um, it's because I had the air conditioning on <laughs> and I could have easily turned it off. But because, you know, I'm forcing fall, uh, cozy witch autumn, as we're going to call it, I want to be cold and then I want to bundle up. So I just ordered the, one of the bad witch like logo from the podcast itself, sweatshirts for myself. So I will be posting that if you want to see what it looks like. Okay. Anyway, thank you so much. It blows my mind that so many people were into those designs. That is the coolest thing ever. Okay. So let's start learning our goddesses. Disclaimer time. I feel like I give a disclaimer every podcast. I'm going to start calling this disclaimer witch. But no, it's because I, I always want everyone to be comfortable here. I want you to feel included, not excluded ever. For us witches, it is very, very easy to feel 
like we don't belong anywhere to start with. And when you find a comfortable space, you don't want to feel like then you're being excluded from this comfortable space that you're in, right? That feeling absolutely sucks. So we're not going to have that around here. So number one, I am going to, like I did last week, be talking about goddess energy. I'm going to be talking about femininity and womanhood that by no means just means um, like cis women. No. So everyone's included in that. One of the first things that I learned about goddesses is that they do carry male and female energy. This is something that I've said a lot on the podcast. Um, but, you know, we're going to open that up to male energy, female energy, non-binary energy. It is just energy that exists and it can tap into whatever side of you that it does. It can speak to you however it wants to. It can feel to you however it wants to. It doesn't have to exist in this binary only. So I will try to be really careful and not make it sound centered on just cis women. Uh, disclaimer number two is that this is going to be like an introduction to goddesses. So obviously goddesses are tremendous. They have these lengthy, amazing, epic histories and mythologies and legends and backgrounds that it would truly, I could do a whole podcast on just goddesses. So I in no way or by any means mean any disrespect to any goddesses by not going deep, deep, deep into their entire story. Hopefully everything that I share will be 100% right. If it isn't, please uh, feel free to write in and let me know if I need to make any adjustments for next week and, uh, and correct anything that I said. But, you know, I hope I've got my research down. And I hope that through my years of working with the cards, I hopefully I know a thing or two by now. But yeah, uh, just because we're not going to be like deep diving the histories that much. It doesn't mean that we're moving through talking about them without respect. This is more to get to know them because getting to know the goddesses was really my, I was always a witch and I always had the magic, but I didn't really have the guidance and the goddesses gave me that guidance, which <laughs> your girl needed it. <laughs> I was the flightiest, flakiest, floating aroundest person you've ever seen in your life. And that was what started to ground me. And that's what started to help me make sense of all of this. And so I'm very thankful for having that introduction that I had through my cards. So that's why I want to pass it on to you and, you know, continue with all this goddess energy that we got going. So yeah, it's not going to be a deep, deep dive into everyone, but just enough to whet your appetite. And if you feel called to that certain goddess, after I talk about her, you can find your way to connect with her and take that time to learn about her. I promise it is such a fulfilling experience, which comes to number three. Did I say two? I think I said two. So number three, is that I can't speak for secular witches because I am not one. Um, and I know, and also I can't speak for all secular witches because not all secular witches are the same. I don't, even though, kind of tricky to say, even though most of these goddesses have a religious affiliation, I don't think you necessarily have to have a relationship with them that's based in a religion or in a religious sense or a spiritual sense. I think you can think of them as energy and think of them as a part of like the greater universe that we all exist in perhaps. I mean, I certainly can't say for sure because I, I can't write the book on religion, spirituality, or goddesses in total. I'm just one witch trying to, you know, do my best and be a good, bad witch. Um, but I think there is something in all of them that res that can resonate with resonate with all of us just as witches and as people, and it doesn't have to necessarily have the religious affiliation, but at the same time, uh, not wanting to discredit the religious affiliation as well, because that's, you know, important. And I don't want to disrespect that. So if you are a secular witch, I hope that you can find something that resonates with you in this. And, you know, it's, it's kind of just interesting to learn about, but 
know that my intention is to not make this a religious thing. <laughs> if you listen to the religion episode, I think, you know, I'm not trying to like throw any religion at anyone. And, you know, a lot of these, I mean, honestly, in my goddess deck, the only two goddesses that are really associated with Catholicism are Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene, which I didn't, you know, growing up Catholic, I would never put them in the echelon of goddesses. You're just like, oh, these are saints. <laughs> so <laughs> when I got my goddess deck, I was like, whoa, you mean goddesses? Like I reprogrammed my brain on this one. So I'm never trying to push religion on anyone. It's certainly, especially not a religion that I even formerly belong to. Um, so let's just all have an open mind about it and let's talk about them because I think they're just the most amazing energies. They have meant so much to me in my witch journey. And I hope that, you know, getting to know them will really mean something to all of you. So this is what I thought would be really fun for this episode if we kind of real timed it. And I have my deck out. I already asked their permission to be a part of this episode. Um, I, earlier today, I was like, all right, who wants to do this? <laughs> who wants to be involved and come on the podcast tonight? So um, what I'm going to do is just real time, pull out a card and a shuffle like I would for a reading. And whoever comes out is who is, wants to be present with us right now. And that's who we're going to talk about. So um, first up, I just pulled her. And it's so crazy because without her, there would be no bad witch. Literally, I would not have done this had she not come to me in December when I had my wisdom teeth out. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do next year? Because <laughs> I couldn't talk, right? <laughs> like, what direction should I take? Should I do this podcast I've been thinking about? And that is Donna. Every, um, so it's, it's spelled D-A-N-A. -A, so for the longest time, I said Dana. Just, you know, Americanize everything. as <laughs> Americans are want to do. But it's pronounced Donna or Donna, and that's my mom's name. So perfect, a perfect mother uh, goddess for me. So yeah, Donna, um, I'm going to tell you about her history, but the meaning of her card is you have divine knowledge that can help others through your spiritual teachings, which is when I got this card as a confirmation, like, yeah, you should do the podcast. So thanks. Thanks, mother goddess. <laughs> so um, something else that's really amazing and what, why it's such a great card to start with is because she is really a major mother goddess that like is believed that all uh, life has come forth from her. All life has flowed from her. Her name means knowledge. Um, I've also seen it, seen it spelled and pronounced Danu. Uh, D-A-N-U. I know uh, our Irish listeners out there will help me with my horrible pronunciation. I promise there is a phonetic one that I'm going off of. But yeah, so it's not that she is just this beacon of knowledge and this high priestess card. That is um, what her title is. But it's that truly she is the beginning. She is the mother. She is where all, all of this has started and where all of this has flowed from. Which is a perfect place to start when you're talking about goddesses, don't you think? And she is Celtic. Did I say that? So I'm going to read about her, um, the little passage that's in the book that comes with the card set. Uh, Donna, <laughs> I feel so silly saying these names because I'm just butchering them. Donna, I hope that's better, is one of the most ancient of the Celtic goddesses extending to the pre-Gaelic times of Ireland with the, y'all please stick with me and help me on this one, Tutha de Danan, which means the children of Donna followed her as their creator mother goddess. I'm telling you, like, head honcho. When the Gaelics invaded Ireland, the Tuatha de Danan transformed themselves into leprechauns as they remain today. Oh, I forgot about that when I was first reading, because she's one of the first cards that ever came to me from this deck. I forgot about that. Yeah, so there is the origin uh, of the myth of the leprechaun. Donna, who's also known as Danu or Danu, so D-A-N-N-U or D-A-N-U, is extremely powerful and magical. Yeah. 
she can help you with manifestations, alchemy, and divine magic. She can also introduce you to the elemental kingdom, especially the leprechauns. That's so cool. So, yeah, she is a powerhouse. I, she's one of those ones that, so I'll tell you, I'll like, I'll read you the description from the book and, you know, we'll talk about the origin a little bit, but also just to me personally and my relationship with each goddess is that she, to me, I feel like she's a mother in the way that she scolds me sometimes. Like she will remind you that you have this knowledge and you have this gift and why are you just sitting on it? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you have to give this board and you have to, it's selfish. You know, that's a, actually, I can, that's another thing. When I, I pull out the individual cards, I can hear them talking to me and I will, I, uh, not like I can hear a voice, but I can, I can see words that come into my mind and I can see visuals that come into my mind. If that makes sense. I'm sure a lot of you that read have the same thing happen or a lot of you that, you know, just have that kind of communication open, have that kind of thing happen. But it's, She's so very much like, uh, you know, not, not that she would tell me to stop being lazy, but like, do something with this. You have all of this and you're giving it for a reason. So do something like pay it forward, pay it forward, pay it forward. So she is absolutely phenomenal. And what an amazing card to start with. I love it. I love that we have like the mother of all, all mothers out here and that she really does stick with us that have divine knowledge to offer and make sure that we actually offer it and we do something with it. Um, if you want to know the meanings for her card, uh, it's lead workshops, write books or articles, look for opportunities to teach, <laughs> be a role model of peace, honor your divinity and know you are a leader. So, uh, yeah, she's one of the first ones ever appeared to me. And again, there would be no bad witch without her. So it's amazing that she came out of the deck first. Holy moly. That was really cool. Okay. So let's see who's next. Okay, the Celtic girls are jumping out. <laughs> we got another Celtic goddess. And when I say jumped out, I mean, literally, I was shuffling the deck, you know, saying who, who would like to introduce themselves next. And Maeve fell out, jumped out into my lap. So Maeve is a warrior goddess, another Celtic goddess, an Irish goddess. She is, whew, she is strong and she is dynamic. She's a dynamo, honestly. So let's read about her from the book. Maeve, I, I'm almost certain I'm saying that one right. A Celtic goddess, Maeve celebrates her femininity. Her sexual appetite is legendary. Hey, girl. And she has been said to favor kings as her lovers. Legend says that Maeve invoked labor pains on an army seeking to invade her lands and that she demanded that the battle cease during her menstrual cycle. I mean, listen, if that ain't power, I don't know what is. And also, I love the idea of, you know, not just a woman with her period, but anyone that has a period that that is your most powerful time and not that it's the time that you have to be hidden away or be ashamed or be embarrassed or be weak and be just, you know, a lesser part of society. Like, gosh, there's just so much shame and stigma around menstruating when it literally is the most natural thing in the world. I love that for her, it's like, no, 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 no. My period is so important that I'm going to say cease this male foolishness that is war until I'm done with my feminine thing. Okay, thank you very much. Love that. Love that so much. There's so much power in this one. Call upon May for relief with pain associated to, um, and here it says feminine cycles, but I'm going to say menstrual cycles, including menstruation, labor, and delivery, and menopause. Also, I uh, love the idea of taking the worst pain imaginable, which is labor pain, which is people that are able to have children. Um, you know, that is kind of the, the, 
I don't want to say the burden, but that is kind of the exchange, you know, for having this new life and having this power to create life is that it is something that you have to suffer. And it is something that is just, I mean, from what I hear, I, I certainly don't know, but I have seen a few uh, men hooked up to those labor, uh, sorry, not labor, contraction simulation machines. And they absolutely cannot handle it. They are just screaming, crying babies immediately. So, but you know, I mean, I, I think we may, though we may be the fairer sex, I also think we may be the stronger one. I mean, look what we have to go through. But yeah, I think that's amazing. Like, again, you you, were, you know how you're going to take down this this battle and take down this army is not through swords and guns and violence, but it's just be like, just feel a little bit of we feel. Can you handle it? No. Or war over. Okay. How about that? <laughs> so um, let me tell you the meanings of her card. I really love this card because so um, her title is Cycles and Rhythms, and it just reminds us of the rhythms of our own body. And that doesn't necessarily, again, have to be the uh, a body that menstruates and a body that goes through that cycle. But just that it's okay to go down because you're going to come back up, and it's okay to be up and understand that you might go back down. It's okay because everything is cyclical. You know, that's my favorite word. So the meanings for her card are um, female gynecological changes, uh, starting menses, uh, uh, let me say, gynecological changes, starting menses or menopause, for example, are an issue for you make time to rest. I'll, let's all say it. Make time to rest. <laughs> we don't do it enough, especially when the moon is on our neck. Initiate steps to alleviate depression and lethargy or lethargy. Never sure how to say that because you say lethargic, but then I think it's lethargy. Stick with me. Uh, take better care of your body. Wow. Threw in a personal read for me. Seek support for dealing with emotional crises. Allow yourself to grieve and take time off. Yes, you can. It's okay to feel every part of being in that lower cycle. It's okay to embrace it. What she's showing me right now is she's showing me the colors blue and purple and just like swirls of slumber. She's showing me like uh, Z's, Z's, Z's when you're sleeping. Like it's okay to rest. It's like, I think she's trying to personally tell me right now. It's okay to rest. It's okay to rest. Um, know that this lull won't last forever. And I think that's such an important message when I'm doing the readings with her. Because I want people to understand that it's so easy to get stuck into that stagnant air. It's so easy to feel like I'm going to feel like this forever. It is never going to go away. I will never break out of this. And she's such a great reminder that you absolutely will. You know, if that's the only thing that can make you get up and take a shower that day or, you know, make one phone call or get up and eat one meal, just knowing she's telling you she's here. She's verifying that. It's not going to last forever. We just, even though it sucks, listen, it's like labor. It sucks. <laughs> it absolutely has to suck in the process, right? You go through so much pain, but it doesn't last forever. It's one moment in time. And then you get to have, you know, a child after that, which is so great for people that want that. But it's something, or, you know, even when I, I have my period, I'm like, this is fine. Oops, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> I'm really hard not to say the F word on this podcast. But I'm like, this absolute, that's how much it sucks that I want to say the F word. But it, it's horrible. And each time I'm like, am I going to feel like this forever? And then after three, four days, I, I get to be happy again. So it's a good reminder. We can persevere anything. And then this is great. A doorway of opportunity has opened up and you need to walk through it now. So it's not just the cycles of our body and the cycles of our emotions and the cycles of our spirit, but it's also the cycles of life that something is about to approach. Something is opening. So be aware of that. So you know, the Celtic goddesses, there's some good ones. I mean, all the goddesses are great, but these, these Celtic girls are jumping out. Okay, so let's see who wants to talk next. 
I had a feeling about this one. I just, I knew in my heart of hearts that Freya was going to come out and here she is. I just, <laughs> you know what I keep doing? Every time I pick the card up who, who wants to speak, I hold it outwards towards the computer as if I'm doing show and tell. You can't see me. <laughs> I don't know why I keep doing that, you know? I just, I can't wait to show them off. So I am going to take pictures of all of them and post them. I, gosh. Okay, so let's read what the book has to say about Freya. A Nordic earth goddess of fertility, celebration, and passion, Freya rides in a chariot pulled by mighty cats across a rainbow bridge connecting heaven and earth. Unafraid of her sexual power, Freya teaches us to appreciate our attractiveness and to enjoy ourselves. No wonder then that the day of the week Friday was named in her honor since this day is associated with the end of the work week and a time for celebration. Oh, I love me some Freya. So you know how I said this is going to be like Goddesses 101, and some of them may really, really resonate with you while we're talking about them and learning a little bit about each. Freya is one of those ones when I first got my deck and I first getting, I first started getting my, my toes wet. Is that a saying? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and so the goddess thing that she absolutely jumped out to me. So we're going to talk about her a little bit more in depth than the other goddesses. I swear I'm not trying to be biased. I love and respect all the goddesses so much. There are just ones that I absolutely connected with. And, you know, over the course of this, as much as we're going to talk about them, if there is someone that jumps out to you, I encourage you to do the same. You know, get get the research, go to the witch, the witch door, go to the library. <laughs> Not everything can be solved at the witch door. Not to say that there aren't some amazing um, goddess books there, but libraries are wonderful resources available to us and they are very cost effective. And just, I've been going to the library so much on a complete side note. Um, talk about a meditative space. I love the quiet. I... I love kind of the shared atmosphere of people trying to accomplish something or hoping to accomplish something, which is me most of the time, <laughs> hoping, hoping and then trying. Um, so yeah, I've been in the library deep checking out books and just doing research while I'm there. So yeah, um, whoever kind of sticks out to you, you know, don't be afraid to explore that connection because they, they are trying to establish that connection for a reason. And it will change over the course of you working with goddesses if that's what you, you want to do and that is something you feel like is important to your practice and just you as a witch and you as a person. Um, they definitely swap out and talk to you in different points. Like different goddesses will appear to you at different points depending on what stage of your life and practice that you are in. Mine, mine change up a lot. <laughs> all over the place. But yeah, let's talk about our goddess Freya a little bit more. So her her name means, <laughs> two words that are hard to say together, probably not for most people, but for me, her name means the lady. And like we said in what we just read, <laughs> I didn't need to rhyme, she is the North goddess of love and beauty, um, fertility, divination, of war, of wealth, and uh, of magic. And so I really do consider her a witch goddess figure. Because she witches around a lot, you know, like some of the tools that are associated with her are runes and um, like the Wheel of Fortune itself. Also, she is known to cast spells. She is known to um, be able to really see into the future and participate in practices that allow her to see into the future. So there's divination again. Um, she also can move between realms. So... You know, a bit of a hedge witch. She actually has this, one of her, the things that's like famous to her, uh, one of her symbols, I guess, would be a cloak that's made out of black raven's feathers. And she uses that to 
travel between realms, but she can also shape shift, which is a major witch thing. That's a level of witching way above me, honey. I don't know if I'm ever going to get there. <laughs> and what would I even shape shift into? Uh, I don't know. Maybe an airplane, and then I could just fly myself to a destination instead of having to, like, sit on a plane full of people that are sneezing and coughing all over me with my zero-existent immune system or something. I don't know. I've done something better than that. I shapeshift into a mermaid. That's better than an airplane, right? But yeah, she can shapeshift. And um, something that she would shift to as well is a bird. She has a close connection with birds and with cats and also with, I believe, wild pigs. <laughs> I'll, I'll fact check that for when I post in the Facebook group. But yeah, um, the bird figure was her being able to travel and to move between realms. And she definitely does have this connection like we just read in the book between life and death because she was the leader of the Valkyrie Valkyries and she you know was part of choosing from from the battlefield you know who would go on to Valhalla but she also had her own realm palace where celebrated or um you know people that were slain in in a heroic death were also welcome to her realm as well so there is that connection with life and death. There's that connection with being able to go through different realms. You know, she is just incredibly powerful and she is so incredibly feminine. I think that's one of the reasons I relate to her so much because it's not in this very stereotypical sense of where we, and not to say this is in a bad way, but we see these goddesses that are thought of being so about being mothers and carers of children and, you know, keeping the home warm and together and, and bringing fertility in the sense of motherhood. I love her because her femininity and her womanhood is so fierce. I mean, she's literally a goddess of war. Like we have love and we have beauty, but we also have war and wealth. She, she's one of the goddesses that is in the, uh, I guess the echelon or the, the grouping of a veneer which deals with the earth and with this wild and untamed lands and these different realms and everything. And that's what I think of when I think of Freya. She is wild and she is untamed. And she doesn't just deal with like wild and untamed earth and places, but the wild and untamed part of being a woman that we don't always associate with femininity, but it's so present. Like she's just so bold and beautiful and sexual and doesn't take any mess. <laughs> She's just so fierce. That is the word that I always, I mean, on the card, her, her title is bold, but to me, it is just absolute fierceness. Like, in fact, her, she, her, her, her being an essence in itself actually represents like the untamed wildness of nature, because again, she is an earth nature goddess. But to me, that also translates to the wildness and the untamed nature of women and just how much we're able to do and accomplish and be and our power and our power that sorry, <laughs> it was like such a feminist rant. I can't help myself. But every time we talk about goddess energy here, here it comes, right? But it's a power that society and it's a power that so many people seek to strike out of us and to hold down and to condemn and to tell us that it's not ladylike to stand in that power and to be wild and untamed like we have to be pretty and perfect and quiet and tamed and not a hair out of place. But like, that's not what all women are. Some women are absolutely just magnificent beasts. <laughs> I like to see it. And that is what Freya represents to me. She is, she is the femalehood 
and again, not to say, you know, just this one, this one archetype of femininity, but for all women and for all of us, because again, it's, it's all of these multiple energies that are, that are there inside of all these goddesses that I aspire to. I want to be that fierceness. I want to be that boldest. And, you know, when you look at the meanings of her card, it's take a risk, make a bold life change, appreciate your body, appreciate your body and your beauty and your confidence. And don't worry about what people tell you you have to look like or, or be or exist or how much space you can take up and, you know, and flirt and go out and have fun and celebrate. So let's all just uh, take a moment to adore Freya and think about those messages because she, yeah, the, the words that keep coming to me, like she keeps showing me untamed, 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 like don't, be afraid of being a little bit wild or a lot of bit wild. It's that wild, untamed side that I feel like our magic can come from the most pure place in us because without restrictions, we can be our truest selves and we can put forth our truest magic and the things that can happen when you're coming from your absolute truth and you're not worried about what other people will think or say or do or how they'll respond. That is some power right there. We're talking about power and fierceness and just this divinity and, you know, this witch goddess that kind of watches over it all. It's so amazing. Uh, and she is showing me so, it's almost making my eyes water a little bit. She's showing me gold and amber, gold and amber, like this orb, almost like I'm looking into the sun, which, you know, you're not supposed to do that. But I think a lot of witch kids, I think all kids do that. But a lot of witch kids will like stare into the sun a second too long. You're like, I know there's some divine messages there for me or something, but she's showing me this because gold and amber are very much a part of her, her history. Um, there, she has this necklace, this very famous necklace that I will not even try to pronounce because I will absolutely butcher it. And you all don't deserve that. And she doesn't deserve that. <laughs> but, um, the necklace is said to be made of amber. And also she has been said in kind of the story of the necklace and what happened with her husband, um, gosh, it's such a long story as if we haven't already talked so long already, but she goes, um, he goes off and she has to kind of set off after him. And so she has said in her morning of looking for him, have uh, crying tears of gold and tears of Amber that when they fell into the ocean or fell into the water and fell onto the earth, that is where like our natural source of them comes from. So gold and Amber are very much connected to her. And if you are interested in working with Freya, definitely gold and Amber would be a great way to connect with her. If you already have that on your altar somewhere. Um, like I said before, I have gold flakes on mine. So whenever I'm specifically like Freya girl, like let's talk, <laughs> I ring out the gold flakes because it just is, it is a great connection between the two of us, but she is, she's phenomenal. And I do, I love her so much. And I really hope I'm not being super biased, but I'm pretty sure that I am. <laughs> All right, let's see. Who wants to come up next? Okay, we got our first Roman goddess, Diana of the Hunt, wants to come and say hi to all of us. Um, talk about fierceness. We are back into fierceness and absolute like fierce femalehood. Although this is going to go more into the fertility and the childbirth and the mothering side that I was talking about earlier that I kind of see as the, the I don't know if I want to say opposite of Freya, but in companionship with Freya, right? Because we can all encompass truly every side of this together, but these goddesses kind of stand independent and in their, they stay in their lanes. <laughs> That's the best way to say it. So let me read to you about Diana. Oh, and Diana does have a Greek counterpart. As we know, most of the Greek and Roman goddesses and gods have Greek and Roman names. When I was in school and learning about mythology, 
I always understood them to be the exact same thing, just by different names. Um, and what I've come to understand is that that's not true, even though there are definitely similarities that are shared. So like we'll talk about Diana right now. We will eventually talk about Artemis as well. I love Artemis. She is. Whew, she's tough. Okay, so Diana. This Roman moon goddess carries the silver bow and arrow given to her in her childhood by her father, Jupiter. Because her mother bore Diana and her twin brother painlessly, Diana is associated with healthy childbirth. Diana loves to spend time in nature and is particularly fond of oak trees and watching over wild animals. Seeing that nature connection again. You can call upon her to help you with animals, painless childbirth, and connecting with nature and the elementals. So absolutely considered a moon goddess, very much connected to this earth. She is a huntress. I mean, that bow and arrow is an unmissable symbol for her. And it's another thing that I really love because, you know, with stereotypically, you would think, that kind of weapon or those kind of tools will be associated with masculine figures. But we have this feminine figure who is so associated with motherhood and childbirth and fertility that is still striking the bow and arrow and is using it fiercely and to protect herself and to hunt and kill when she needs to, to provide for others. I love that about her. And with her card, when it shows itself, it's basically telling you that you need to hold your own bow and arrow and you need to focus intention. That is the banner under her focused intention. If you can hold that bow and arrow, if you can close that one eye, focus in on what you want, what you desire, what you need, and just take away all the outside noise and all of the distractions and really focus that intention forward, you're going to hit your mark. And so there's a lot of comfort in that, knowing that we have the power and the ability to accomplish anything we want as long as we can think of it in that way. Just don't let anything stand in your way. You got your bow, you got your arrow, you have your tools. So let it go and let it hit the target. And that is how we kind of bring things to fruition for ourselves. So I really, really adore that about her. I also do wonder if she may be considered a queer goddess because um, <laughs> one of her weaknesses, and I'm not saying I consider this a weakness, I'm just saying when you're doing research on goddesses and getting their mythologies and everything together, one of her weaknesses is that she disliked men. And um, she was very, very about protecting her chastity. And she it was like, you know, do not pass go do not collect $200. So I do wonder if perhaps she would be considered a queer goddess, or perhaps just her virginity was so important to her. And it symbolized mm, you know, I don't want to get into a whole discussion about virginity because I do very much see it as like a social construct that it's something that is to be valued and, you know, make a statement about a person and what kind of person they are, what kind of ethics they have. But the romanticized ideal of virginity is that there is like a purity to that. And maybe she was really interested in maintaining that and, you know, just didn't, maybe she really did dislike men. And I think that's fair. <laughs> Sometimes. Men can be dislikable. Some men, you know, some are pretty cool and especially those that are in our coven. So y'all are always welcome here. So let's talk about the meaning of her card. It is stay positive above all else. Know what your priorities are and take action on them. That is so important. Going back to that bow and arrow. It's one thing to draw it. It's another thing to shoot it. So you, you have to actually take that actionable step. You have to move forward with it. And I think that's really hard for a lot of us. It's so easy to conceive of the things that we would do and that we will do, but will we actually do it? Diana really, really reminds us that you can't hit your mark if you don't let go of your arrow. It's impossible. 
So if we want to hit our mark, we actually have to take the action to do it. So I really love that about her. Um, take control of your schedule. Release all doubts. You have to release all doubts. Like you don't want your arrow to be wavering and shaking and moving up and down because you're not sure if you're going to hit the target or what about what you're doing. No, stand strong, stand in it and focus that intention and it's going to land. And um, avoid naysayers and skeptics. Yes, witches. Yes. Say that with me especially for witches, for people that say this is something that's silly or this is something that's evil or this is something that you need to grow up. It's make-believe. It's something for kids. No, we know that this is real. And even though some of us have to remain in the broom closet because of where we live or because of family members, whatever the case may be, if you have open, you know, this is actually something my witch mentor told me when I was getting right back into this. She said, if someone, if you are open enough with someone to tell them that you're a witch and that this is what you believe in and this is who you are and this is what you practice and they can't support you, then they can't be around you. She, you just don't have time for people in your life like that. Now the decision is totally up to you if it's something you feel like you want to share. And can I tell you, it warms my witchy heart so much when y'all post in the Facebook group or send me emails and say, Oh, you know, I've just kind of told my partner, I've never really talked about it before, but now he should, he knows or she knows or they know. And they were really accepting of me. And they are even going out and picking up rocks for me that they see outside. Or they, uh, uh, so I think someone said that their partner brought home like candles or like a state, a smudge bundle for them or something. And that just is amazing. That's so amazing. That is what you should be looking for in a partner, someone that you can be your true self with. Again, like, you know, Freya says, you got to walk in your truth and be be a little wild. That's who you really are. And so Diana is the same. You have to avoid naysayers and skeptics. They do nothing good for you. They, they're taking away from your identity and taking away from your practice. And that is detrimental to us as witches. So yeah, you know, you don't have to share it if you don't want to, but if you feel comfortable with someone enough to share it, then a skeptical or naysayer response may be a bit of a red flag if that person is really good for you or not. And I don't mean in a romantic sense. I just mean to just be an energy in your life, you know? But yeah, when I see people that have really supportive partners about it, I think it's like so sweet. That's what I'm looking for in my next partner. I mean, not Bill's cars guard anymore, but we'll find someone new, won't we? Okay, so what else is there about Diana? Oh, let me tell you what her name means. So Diana means light or bright sky. It's thought that she was perhaps originally a sun goddess. Um, in addition to being the moon goddess, but now she is really aligned with the moon. And that, again, goes back to the whole fertility of it all. And she never had children herself, but that doesn't mean that she's still not an important kind of mother goddess figure. You know, you don't have to be a, a mom to be a mother goddess. You can still definitely be present for childbirth and for uh, issues with fertility. So that, again, is a great time to call on Diana. She has, um, oh, what is it? She has sacred plants. So I was saying like using the gold and the amber is a great way to connect with Freya. For Diana, you would look at like apple, at mugwort, um, uh, jasmine, which as we already know, can give you the dreams that you may be looking for. And I think uh, in, in reading from the book, we also said oak already. Did we already say oak? Okay, maybe not. Maybe I just knew she was associated with oak trees. So yeah, oak trees are, um, those, all of those are sacred to her. So say you have a wand made out of oak trees or say you want to add apples to your autumn time wreath. That would be a great way to convene with Diana. 
who is our goddess of the hunt. And she's just, I, you know, it's so funny whenever I talk about her and I talk to her, I can, I always do the motion. I know you can't see me, but I'm showing you cards and doing motions you can't see, but I keep doing it. I keep hold, like holding an imaginary bone arrow and I can hear like the plink, plink, plink of it being shot. Is that what they sound like? Yeah. I mean, I'm taking all of my bow and arrow knowledge from like Robin Hood movies, <laughs> but the sound of that release, that is what she always plays in my ear to keep reminding me, like, focus it, focus it, see the target and shoot, focus, see and shoot, focus, see and shoot. Oh, I can hear, she's, oh, she's screaming at me right now. Okay, I think that's a good little intro to Goddess Diana of the Hunt, our moon goddess, our Roman moon goddess. Oof. She's giving me chills. You know, we just went from Freya, who has, like, this bright gold light, into Diana, who has this kind of, like, more chilly moon energy. It feels so good. Okay, let's do one more this week, and then we will do another few goddesses next week, just to whet your goddess appetite a little bit and, you know, start doing those introductions to them, because I just think they're the most fabulous energies ever. Okay, so let's see who wants to come out. Hmm... Okay, I had a feeling about this one. I just I just knew we wouldn't make it out of this episode without an appearance. Number one, from an Egyptian goddess, but particularly from Matt. So I pronounce it Matt, M-A-A-T. I have also seen it spelled M-A-apostrophe-A-T. So I'm not sure if that's Matt. Perhaps i going with the phonetic uh, pronunciation available to me. But the reason I had a feeling about her is because she's actually been coming up in the Facebook group a bit. People have been looking for some witchy advice regarding um, dealing with any kind of legal issues, and she is really, really great to talk to and have in mind and seek guidance from dealing with any of that. So I, it's a great message to kind of end this episode on. So Matt, let's read about her. Matt is an Egyptian goddess of integrity, fairness, and justice and holds a scale that measures souls against a feather at the time of death to detect any heaviness from guilt. <laughs> when you were in school and you were learning about Egypt, and because we're all Egypt kids, all witch kids are Egypt kids pretty much, and I remember hearing about, you know, the weighing the, the heft of the soul against the feather, or I think it was like the heart even. Yeah, I, thought, I always thought it was like they put the heart on the scale to weigh against the feather to see how much like guilt you carried in your heart. And being like really freaked out. <laughs> I was like, there's no way I'm gonna pass. <laughs> Things aren't looking too good for uh sixth grade Mickey, but you know. Oh, and you would get um devoured by like a crocodile head god, I think, if you didn't pass, if the feather if the yeah, if the feather proved to weigh more than the heart. So I was like very scared of that happening to me for many, many years. Continuing on. Matt protects us in business and personal relationships, ensuring that we are treated fairly and honorably. Call upon her before signing any contract, during a dispute, or whenever you feel guilty or remorseful. So Matt's heading under her name on her card is Fairness. And something I've absolutely loved about getting to know this goddess is that she made me so aware of the actual meaning of fairness, which is not something that is fair to me. It is something that is fair to all parties, which blew my mind. <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of you out there that are like, yeah, Mickey, true fairness means it's not just about your little selfish wants and desires, but it never occurred to me because I think it's really easy to get caught up in, well, that's unfair. 
because I didn't get what I wanted or that's unfair or, oh, oh good, I got what I wanted and this is the fair outcome. But true fairness really comes from when every party can be settled and happy and peaceful with the outcome. So that was a huge, huge lesson for me. And I am very, very thankful to know and understand that before because I had such a one-sided, short-sided idea of what was fair or unfair in this world. And it was only serving myself. And that isn't good, you know? So she really deals so much with truth and so much with justice. In fact, her name means truth in Egyptian. And just that concept, that idea of fairness, it's, it's really hard to understand and process sometimes that is what is fair is not necessarily the outcome that we wanted. That is what can be really, really hard. It will be the one that will bring peace. It's the outcome that is deserved. It is the outcome that is balanced. You know, we have the scales again, but that doesn't mean it's going to be exactly what I want. And so that was something I needed to get smacked in the head with for sure. <laughs> you know what? And if she's smacking you in the head with it right now, good. We all need to hear it over and over again. In fact, when I, now that we're talking about her, she, I'm hearing the sounds of, of a scale, kind of like that metallic sound of it weighing back and forth. I don't know if you know what I mean, but I can kind of hear the creaking of it trying to find its balance. She's just showing me like, you have to reach balance. You have to reach balance. It's, it's that balance, balance, balance. You know, we're also approaching Libra season. So I feel like that's why I'm starting to feel this scale Libra sensation a lot too. Um, so yeah, balance and harmony were so crucial. And also we can thank Matt for keeping not only our idea of like ju judicial law and, and what is fair and true in that sense, but also like the law of the universe and the law of energies and the law of earth itself. Like she is a big reason that we have not just slipped into total chaos. I mean, we're approaching it. We might need to actually all try to invoke Matt more and work with her more and honor her more to try to restore the natural balance. But she not only is maintaining balance and justice on a level where we understand it, she is maintaining it in a level that keeps us from just slipping into total madness. So she's working overtime right now. I can say that for sure. <laughs> um, What else about Matt? She... Um, oh, her weaknesses can be that she, hmm, I wonder if I would categorize that a weakness. Yes and no. She doesn't have a tolerance for second chances and, um, there's no room for any second guessing. So like I said, when you go to be weighed at the end and you know, you're on your journey to the afterlife and you are getting weighed against the feather and if it's no go you gotta go to the crocodile head like that's you're gonna get devoured that's it and you know maybe in, in the actual justice system second chances very much have to be available because mistakes are made we're humans and we make mistakes and also in life we definitely are hopefully deserving of second chances when we have hurt someone or when we have made a mistake or done wrong and we should also be open to giving second chances to people if they have shown that they have not only understood what they did, but also have made changes and made amends and actually been through the process of evolving and not setting yourself and not setting you up to experience the same thing because you've decided to be, you know, gracious and give them another chance. So weakness, yes, but I think there are worse weaknesses to have. <laughs> Second chance is okay, but third chance is, I don't know. We got to think about that a little bit. 
Um, she is a gorgeous, gorgeous female figure. She typically will have a white ostrich feather on her head. That's how she's depicted in the card. And she will have her scepter in one hand and an ankh in the other. And, you know, she has her good old scales always ready to go. And she is also a winged goddess. And just like the feather that's on her head, ostriches are sacred to her. So, oh, are ostrich feathers available? Because, you know, I actually know a lot of people that put feathers on the altar. I think we talked about that in the um, Just a Bunch of Pocus Pocus episode. That might be something I actually want. Yeah, I'm going to add that to mine. I, I, huh. Can you buy ostrich feathers? <laughs> just the things we talk about on this podcast. I just, I, I know they're not endangered, right? But I don't know if it's like an inhumane or unethical thing to collect, to have their feathers. But I know it would be a really beautiful kind of token and icon to represent her and to commune with her. So yeah, I think I am going to try to track down, if not an ostrich feather, something in honor of the feather idea of weighing it on the scale and having it be the thing that we have to weigh ourselves against to make sure that we are pure of heart and release of guilt and that remorsefulness. So yeah, Matt is absolutely incredible. I love that she has shown herself and I love that she is making it known that we can call on her if we're dealing with a, a justice situation or an, what's it called? A legal situ- <laughs> justice situation, a legal situation. If we're dealing with just struggling with balancing within ourselves and our own personal harmony. If we're, if we're struggling with finding a just situation in any relationship, she's letting us know that she's here and she can be called on and she can give us guidance and all that. So that's so incredible. And I just want to thank her and I want to thank Diana and I want to thank Freya and I want to thank Maeve and I want to thank Donna for all being with us this episode and coming out and saying hello and letting us know a little bit more about them. I'm so thankful for that. So those are our five goddesses we're going to do today. Wait, I forgot to tell you what Mott's card means. Okay, so <laughs> if she appears, it means a lawsuit will be resolved. A dispute will end harmoniously. You will be treated fairly. But, you know, think about fairness again and what it truly means. Keep everyone's needs in mind during negotiations. Release guilt and shame as these emotions can attract a punishing attack. So she's reminding us to visualize the outcome that we, we really want and work on visualizing the outcome that is true fairness. So again, thank you to the goddesses. Thank you to these five for being with us in this episode. And I really hope that you enjoyed learning about them. So let's talk about our crystal of the week, get a little bit homework done, and then we will wrap up this episode. Okay, actually, you know what? <laughs> I was just thinking, um, let's actually do crystal associations of the week. So let's talk about which crystals are um, associated with which goddess. So if you are ready to kind of dive in a little more, connect with any of them, and you already have these crystals on hand, a lot that we've already talked about, then you are good to go. So for going in the order that we learned about them in today, for Donna, the crystals are opal and lapis lazuli. <laughs> One of my forever favorites. For Maeve, the crystal is going to be black moonstone. For Freya, we talked about the amber extensively. Amber, um, gold isn't a crystal, but it is a, a mineral and an element, so you can use that as we talked about. And also cat's eye. For Diana, it will be amethyst and goddess of the moon, of course, another appearance of moonstone. And then for Matt, it will be jade or turquoise. So we, I'm pretty sure we have actually covered every single one of those except for cat's eye. We may not have done opal yet. I need to go back and check. But if you have any of them, did we do opal? I feel like we actually did. I don't know. Someone correct me. 
<laughs> just in case. But I know we haven't done cat's eye yet. Um, actually, let me tell you a little bit about it since we haven't. And it is a really cool stone to learn about. So you've seen it before. It kind of reminds me of a marble and it has a sliver down it. I mean, it very much looks like a cat's eye. You know how the, oh gosh, the eye, the pupil, you know how cat's eyes can dilate or kind of contract and change size with like, if they're looking at the sun or if they feel threatened or if they feel safe, it'll change. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know a lot of you are cat witches out there. Like you, you have cat familiars. So I know you know what I'm talking about. That is what the stone looks like. And it can be in a variety of colors. Um, you'll usually see a golden yellow, kind of a yellowish brown, kind of in that tiger's eye family. Um, sometimes it can be green, gray, blue as well. And it's a stone that really deals with like the strength of your mind and being determined. And uh, it's a stone that keeps you grounded and it encourages just kind of vitality and also cleverness and being courageous and strong and having willpower. Um, it's also really great for working with your intuition. It kind of makes it more sharp and something that you're able to focus your intention, you know? And um, it also is a very protective stone and it's really good for expelling negative energy from the aura. So that's just a little bit about cat's eye for me to you. But the other ones, I'm almost certain we have covered all of them. If not, I will check and we will do Opal next week uh, just in case I haven't done that one yet, but I feel like I have because I'm personally a big fan of Opal. So anyway, your homework this week, because I forgot to say it last week, is that you have to get your manifestation box together. We are past the halfway point, baddies, so you got to get that thing together. Um, if any of these goddesses spoke to you, your bonus homework, not bonus homework, your homework for bonus points can be that you can start to deep dive them on your own and see, you know, what kind of connections you feel coming up if someone has really spoken to you in this episode. But also your main homework is get your manifestation box together because we are going to crush the Salwin challenge and I'm really excited about it. And we are creeping, I promise you, before you know it, we are all going to be like, oh my gosh, it's October 29th. <laughs> like... We got a day to get ready for this. What is going on? So yeah, your homework is to work on those manifestation boxes. Just, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be spectacular. It doesn't have to be expensive. It just has to be something that, here's the theme of the episode, something that is true to you. Let your wild side out. Decorate that thing however you want, but just make sure you work on it. Okay, I think we can wrap it up there. Um, if you want to send me an email, thebowagepodcast at gmail.com. The inbox is always open. I'm I think I'm caught up actually. Who would have ever seen that coming? I think I'm caught up. So that's exciting. If you send me an email and I missed it, just ping me and let me know. Um, the Facebook group, the answer to get into the Facebook group, it, the group, what? The Facebook group is the craft. I will also accept the covenant. I will also accept blubber and or blubber and um, anything you can talk about my crushing breakup with both scars guard, but as long as I know that you have listened to the episode you are in and it's getting to the point where almost at four, <laughs> said 4,000. Whoa. Manifesting that we are almost at 400 members and like for real, I cannot let you in if you are not giving me some kind of answer at this point. So please just answer the question. I swear it only takes five seconds. And if you are, um, if you are in line because you haven't answered the question yet, you can go back and amend your answer and I will let you in immediately. I just want to make sure that you actually listen to the podcast so you can join us beautiful baddies in there and cut up with us and giggle at memes all day because that is what we do. No, it's like good witchy advice too, but there is a lot of giggling. I will be honest. Um, 
Teespring for all of your Bad Witch merch needs. And then also the Patreon is badwitch.com. Nope. It is patreon.com. I will never get that right. It is patreon.com slash badwitch. And you can get your readings and your um, witch mail and your bonus episodes and your shout outs all there in one place. So convenient. Okay, my loves. This has been a really fun episode. I really love talking about the goddesses. I hope you enjoyed it as well. I can't wait to talk about more. In fact, if you have, well, I'll keep going with letting the goddesses introduce themselves to us, kind of, you know, pulling them from the deck. But if you have someone that you really would like me to talk about, or if you would like to submit about a goddess that you're very close to and would like me to share with the rest of the baddies out there, then please write in and I will absolutely um, read it on the next episode. Okay, I love you all so much. Be safe. Take care. Do some good witching. Set your intentions. Don't let anybody throw you off of your path. Tell those naysayers and um, what's that other word? Skeptics to get the heck out of here because we're bad witches and we all deserve good and we're all doing good. So I'm proud of all of you. I love you so much. And until next week, blessed be and goodbye.